Hey everyone, welcome back to The Roost. So this is going to be a little bit of a weird episode. So what happened was, was while Chelsea and I were recording, we ended up losing all of our audio data, meaning like everything that we talked about with our guest this week. Um, I didn't want to scrap it because it was a great interview. So I'm going to be saying questions that we ask. Uh, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy. In this part of the interview, I asked Mark kind of a forward question. How did he get the name Corn Shack? Uh, the, the name actually comes from a combination of the snack food Corn Nuts, Corn Gone Bad, and uh, Shack Fu, which of course is the greatest video game of all time. Now unfortunately, due to, you know, us losing the audio and all, you missed my first experience of tasting Shack Fu, and it wasn't really that great. I proceed to ask Mark about how much he likes Shaq Soda, uh, you know, seen if he's seen Shazam. Uh, Kazam? I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, on with the next question. When I first got an email about having Mark on the show, he talked a lot about speedrunning, things of the sort, and I kind of just wanted to figure out if he did anything else in his spare time besides speedrunning. Uh, well, uh, the last year or so, I've now become a full-time video game reviewer on my YouTube as well. I focus I focus mostly on PlayStation 4, a lot of the PlayStation Network indie niche titles. Um, I pretty much I pretty much play every genre of game. I, I like pretty much every genre of game. The only ones I really don't go too far as far as review goes a lot is either realistic racing games or sports games because a lot of what they need to be reviewed on the criteria isn't something that I'm an expert at. So I try not to delve too highly in uh, to those, but I pretty much will play anything and everything. Um, it's funny, like when I play through a game, I, cause I try to do my best to play the game as thoroughly as possible, uh, with reviews, uh, it's one of those things nowadays that you have to get the review out quickly and I don't have a whole lot of connections and stuff like that. So a lot of times I'm buying the game the same day everybody else is. And I'm like busy trying to get into it as depth as possible and, and get out the reviews relatively quickly, but I always want to do a thorough job, but things I always look for mostly is the, the bang for your buck. Uh, while I don't personally – to me, a game can be an hour long and still be an amazing game. But a lot of consumers out there nowadays, they want as much time out of their games as they can. Well, you know, this is how much you're paying and this is how many hours you can get on whatever playthrough or where's the unlockables, extra difficulties. Uh, I'm also a trophy hunter, so on PlayStation I'm always looking at does the game have a feature, a full list of trophies including a platinum, how difficult – may that platinum be to obtain um as well as and i always keep an eye on stuff like uh, you're glitching you're crashing stuttering uh because all that kind of stuff can really kind of drive a game down for example i just played through uh zenith which is a action rpg that mixes in a lot of comedy in it uh but the and the comedy is really well done, but the game suffers from a bunch of other issues such as like load times and glitching and stuff like that. So it's like one of those things of like if you like comedy, check it out. But on the other side of things, you're going to run into all these other problems. So for this next little bit, Mark and I tried to talk about what happens when you introduce licensed games and fandom games and went to take an account when, you know, they're just not that good but they play really well to the fandom. Yeah, I always try to, even when I'm not a fandom, a fan of a particular whatever it may be, um, for example, I do a lot of One Piece games. I have a friend who loves One Piece, but I'm just, I don't really have a lot of time to watch anime as much as I used to. When I was a kid or high school, I watched anime all the time, but nowadays I don't have as much time. So uh, I got 
I like One Piece based on a lot of the games I played, and I've kind of like learned the characters and such. But I always look at at it from a multiple perspectives. Can someone who's not a fan of something get into the thing, you know, whatever the fandom may be, because of this game? And for those who are fans, is there enough here? Does it do the you know the game or the um, the series or whatever it may be? Yeah, the franchise justice exactly. So that's always some kind of things. I actually really do like doing licensed games, especially movie tying games. Uh, most people hate them. They automatically are going to be like, "Well, that game's based on a movie. It's going to be awful." Uh, I'm one of those people that will always give it the benefit of the doubt. I've played through a ton of movie licensed games over the years, so I've kind of figured out which ones you can see really effort put in, and then which ones are just complete cash grabs. Right, and that's a good example because we've seen Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 back on the uh, sixth generation PlayStation 2 era of consoles was a fantastically put-together game. It did web-slinging better than any other Spider-Man game previously had done. And then after years – yeah, I love that game. And uh, years later now, like the amazing Spider-Man 2 based on that last – film uh just completely you know it doesn't do anything correctly it glitches awful it makes even the most mundane web slinging absolutely a chore plus it's so repetitive like there's a two exact games based on both based on films but how you do one right and how you do one completely the wrong way yeah um one of the things, though, that thankfully has changed slightly is because gamers in general are starting to slowly get older, we recognize those kind of things. So people my age having kids can see that this game is just a you know, and, and get the quality game over just, oh, my kid likes Spider-Man, my kid likes Batman, or whatever it may be. Uh, and that's why we've also seen less licensed movie tie-in games, just because there is less of an audience for them as there used to be. Uh, and that's why we've the rise in mobile versions as mobile games have just exploded with licenses as we talked about licensed games one of the big things that came up was the james bond games nightfire golden eye things like that a bunch of stuff that was iconic for the time and turns out mark's a huge james bond fan here he goes talking about his favorite james bond yeah, I'm a I'm a big James Bond fan, so I've played just about all of them, and that one definitely. I mean, it's not it wasn't Goldeneye level, but it wasn't bad. Um, for me, my favorite Bond. Well, Roger Moore also his era was so vast. He had more movies than any other Bond in his role, and he had a lot of iconic uh, pieces of the Bond universe got done through through his movies. I mean, the introduction of Jaws. Um, as well as just a lot of the, the I mean, from 1973-ish to 1984-85 when A View to a Kill came out. So, like, that whole long period of stretch, you had so many movies. So, so many people grew up with Roger Moore being the Bond. Uh, and there's a campiness to him. One of my favorite – my favorite uh, Roger Moore movie is uh, Man with the Golden Gun because – I, I love Scaramanga, plus I'm a huge Christopher Lee fan, so like that's been win. I even have I only have like one James Bond action figure doll whatever statue, whatever you want to call it, and it's of Scaramanga in like a box that's done in the movie poster style of Man with the Golden Gun. So absolutely my favorite favorite of the uh, more movies. As we continued on, Mark brought up the fact that he was huge into trophy hunting and achievement hunting. So I asked him a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, I, I always keep an eye out on those easy ones. Um, the the story with that is I got I used to do achievement hunting on 360 years ago, and my goal was to become number one in my state, which is Maryland, uh, and I did that. And once I did that, I stopped doing achievements. I'm like, I'm done. I reached my goal. You know, this is years and years ago. Where like when the top person was like 150,000 scored. Now I can't even imagine what it is. But uh, anyway, so I had a friend who had a PlayStation Sony, and a couple, like this was a year or two later, and she was like, you can't beat me. You know, don't. You know, I challenge you to get in the trophy hunting. You can't. I had, she had like 12 platinums at that point. She was like, come on, you can beat, you know, you can't beat me. I was like, you don't want me to do that because if I do that, I'm going to go in hard and you're going to be beaten in like a couple weeks. And she was like, I was like, she kept egging me on. So I was like, okay, let's do it. A week later, a week later, I had 13. Yeah. And it was, it's, I, and I've even kept a, like, the, and then for a while we raced each other, but I've always kept a few easy platinums in my pocket that I haven't done yet that I just be like, if you get close, I'm just going to go ahead and pop these in and, and get them. <laughs> One of the big things we try to do when we have people on is we try to promote them, everything that they do. So one thing I asked Mark about here was about his Patreon and kind of what you get for donating it. Um. Uh- uh, my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash corncheck, uh, I have a few kind of goals on there. Uh, like the lowest one I always put is a dollar. It's just like my eternal thanks. I always say in my videos, like one dollar goes a long way. If everyone donate, you know, did a Patreon for one dollar, I do all the, you know, all this kind of stuff. I actually recently finally hit three hundred dollars on my Patreon. Uh, so- so I'm going to be doing a 24-hour marathon where the people that are on my Patreon are going to get to pick the games and vote for which ones I end up playing. So that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I have a few kind of things. Um, I have some T-shirts and shot glasses for any pledge that's like $50 or more. Uh, I have a T-shirt, that either a T-shirt or a shot glass, uh, as well as I have art prints uh, and I will do a video of whatever choosing they, they want. Like if you want me to do a video um, just playing through a game like that they like or whatever, messing around with it, I'll do that. I do have higher levels because I do um, a series called Play It Through on my YouTube, which is a retro walkthrough series, which is where I kind of spend and I will spend sometimes weeks, days, weeks, months, years mastering a game and then put out a complete walkthrough, the best possible playthrough of the game I can possibly do. Um, usually no death, but doesn't always no death because there's just some games that I've never been able to know death, such as Battletoads. I, three deaths, I was able to get through it. Yeah, I mean, I've done so many over the over the years. I've been doing those videos for now almost ten years on YouTube. So uh, I have a goal, of course, of eventually beating every single NES game that had ever come out. I don't know how close I am to that goal. I've probably done a few hundred NES games at this point, um, but there's always more, and there's always other requests that people want to see done, and I'm like. I would love to do them all, but I just don't have the time or can't really do them. So if you love to see them and you really want to see them, I'll write down your request, but I can't promise I'll get to it. But if you want to see it soon, if you're on the Patreon, here you go, and I will like stop what I'm doing, and your game gets next in line. Like That's how that works for me. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I hate – it's just, you know, it's that motivation. I, I'm, I'm really weird when it comes to Patreon and money in general because it's just like – this is what I do. And I know this is what I do for a living at this point, but still, I'm kind of like, you know – I'm always still a little bit weird when donations come in on stream or people Patreon. It's like, yeah, because this and I don't like, I don't always bring it up all the time. Like I, I, I have a Patreon thing at the end of my videos, like uh, you know, a little 
thing, uh, end card with it mentioned. But other than that, like I won't go out of my way and be like every point of my video, every couple minutes. Cause there are some people out there, every, Twitch streamers I watch and other player, uh, other YouTubers where they're like, you know, beginning, middle, and end. Here's an ad for my you know, my Patreon or donate or whatever it is like. That. And uh, I, I never want to be feel like you know pressuring people that they have to or you know else. Maintaining a YouTube channel can be hard, but sometimes, as you can see with a lot of other YouTubers, we have people who also try to maintain their Twitch as well. Mark's one of these people who has to maintain the dichotomy of his YouTube channel and Twitch. So I ask him a little bit more about it. I mean, I've had, a, like, my... I, there was a point in time where I was really gung-ho on, like, I need to build the Twitch. The Twitch has to build or else I'm going to have to stop doing what I'm doing or whatever. And I quickly start, and I, I was putting too much pressure on myself. I was playing games that I thought would get me better viewers instead of games I wanted to play. And uh, this about October last year, I just finally decided, you know what? I'm going to play the games I want to play. If people want to watch, awesome. If not, perfectly cool. You know, I'm never going to get... Yeah, I'm never going to get mad at people if they're like, oh, I don't want to watch right now because you're playing such and such game. That's cool. Don't watch. I don't mind, you know, like no big deal. Um, and so it's one of those things like I'm happier now doing my live stream than I've been in a long time because I just I don't know. I'm one of those gamers that I like variety, so I, could, I can't be one of those ones out there that are playing the same game every single night. And yeah, I mean, I applaud them that they can do it. I have a friend who's gained a huge following over the last couple of years from all he does is Pokemon, but it's Pokemon every day, all day. And if he doesn't do Pokemon, his numbers, you know, aren't very good. And but I respect that he's able to play Pokemon that much. It's like I couldn't do that. Yeah, it's it's one of those double-edged swords. You can build a huge audience with one thing, but if you go out of your way and try to do anything else, just try something else, you get a lot of backlash. And um, that's like I said. So now I'm just in that mindset where it's like I'm going to stream. If you want to watch, cool. If not, at least I'm happy with what I'm doing. And I get to do work that I'm also going to be doing on my YouTube, which i shifting focus. My YouTube has now kind of become a lot of my priority, and I've – like finally got that going like for the first time in 10 years like i have a youtube that's really growing now for the first time so it's a lot of fun this next little bit i asked mark about how he got into speed running and kind of what he did with it um i got into speed running uh, i've gotten a few like i've gotten the chance now thankfully over the last year i've done presentations at a few gaming stores and i've done a couple of panels now uh, at conventions i was at magfest earlier this year and i did uh too many games uh, too many games in Pennsylvania uh, back in June. Um, but anyway, so I got into speed running uh, as a kid when it was like I didn't know what speed running was. It was just one of those things is I didn't have a lot of games because my family wasn't rich by any means. So I got a new you know, I get a new game for my birthday or holiday or whatever it may be. So I was stuck with that game for months. So I had to keep playing it. And eventually I just start like time myself. I had like, I've told this story a lot, but I have, a, I had used to have one of those Michael Jordan stopwatches that came in a happy meal from McDonald's. And I actually used that to time myself when I would play the games. Uh, and, that way I could just see, you know, how quickly I was able to beat it and try to beat it without dying and, and all this stuff. Like put extra challenges in it to make the game fun for me, even though I had already played it a million times. And then years later, I found out that there actually were people out there that did this and timed it and there was world records involved. And uh, I um, – I, my personal my, – my claim to fame game is a game that most people have never even heard of uh, called Eight Eyes for the NES. Uh, 
It's it looks like Castlevania, but it doesn't play like Castlevania. If that makes sense, you play as a guy with a falcon. Uh, you have a guy. It's this guy with a falcon, and you can use the falcon to attack enemies and and open up switches as well, along with attacking stuff. But it, it is very Castlevania esque, and especially its look. Um, but anyway, so I've I've played that game so much that I saw there was no world record about probably five or six years ago now and uh, I was like I'm going to get the world record in that game I loved it when I was a kid no one else seems to have gone after it and I did and I set a time and I, it was on Speed Demos Archive for a long period of time it's no longer there because a better run had been done um, I have the world record currently still but I never submitted my run because uh, as Speed Demos Archive requires like pristine visual and sound and all that. And my speed run when I did the world record, I didn't have multiple audio channels. So I can split the video and just have the video, but I can't get rid of the extra audio commentary over it from my live stream. Uh, so I have the world record. Like, thankfully, that counts. If you go to speedrun.com, which is like the big speed running site now, uh, and you can look me up on there uh, as Corden Check. If you look up Eight Eyes, uh, you'll see me. You'll see my thing as well as a bunch of my other times and records. It's not all of them because speedrun.com requires you to, like, if a game is not listed currently, you have to kind of like go through a thing to kind of submit it and all this stuff. And I just haven't spent the time. I have a lot of like wrestling game res records and, and stuff like that. But I, it has a good amount of my my times at this point on there. Yeah, that's a lot of it is, and I'm one of those like there's certain moments throughout a lot of games where it's like you make that one mistake, the run's over as far as record is concerned. So um, I've gone back and forth with another speedrunner over the Eight Eyes record. We've we've exchanged it about six or seven times up to this point. Um, and it's, it, that's been like the funnest part about it is trying to compete and trying to keep getting this one game, even though no one else in the world cares about it other than a very small handful. Uh, but being able to keep going back and forth and, and keep being able to claim that record is what's what kept me motivated for a long time. Right. Yeah, no, the, especially the longer ones. I don't have very many longer speed runs. Like, the longest I have is a co-op one I did with my friend. Uh, it's for Pirates of Darkwater, the SNES version. Uh, it's a it's a pretty poor beat-em-up overall, but we ended up going after the record in it, and that's, like, my longest one. It's, like, an hour and nine minutes. Uh, but outside of that, I usually... One of the things I like about speed runs, I do prefer to do, like, the shorter, shorter games because it does give you that less... Uh, like you're not like if you have to reset, you're not losing hours worth of work. Uh, I I have a lot of respect for people that do RPGs because it's ridiculous. Yeah, like Sky, like any of the Bethesda games can be glitched out so much, especially obviously PC version is where everyone does it. Um, I mean, like the I think the any percent on it for Skyrim is like 33, 34 minutes, something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy what you can do with like I'm not I don't do a lot of ones that involve glitches. I've only done a few that I kind of dive a little bit in the glitches. I usually actually do glitchless runs for the most part. Um, games that I've I've always wanted to speed run, but I don't dive a lot into uh, is the Legend of Zelda series because it's such a competitive. It even gets to the point that I feel bad for people on Twitch nowadays that even attempt to play a Zelda game blindly because like or just try to play for the first time because like the community there's so many speed runs, especially with Ocarina Majora and a lot of them that 
it becomes like you're inundated with backseat gaming, like people just thinking, telling you what to do and how to do it. And uh, I just I try to avoid Zelda nowadays on on my stream um, just because of stuff like that. It's like I just want to play the game and enjoy it. It's a lot of reason why I don't do a lot of uh, old school RPGs anymore on my live stream just because it's like – yeah, because I, I love RPGs, and I played through a lot of them, but there are still those handful of old-school ones I never had the opportunity to play through, or I haven't played through in 10, 15 years, and I don't I, – and I, I remember the story, but I don't remember every little detail of every boss fight, but – you start doing a game. I did um, Final Fantasy X when the HD version, the remaster came out, and it was just like constant. Like people like do this. You're, oh, you're not doing this right. Cast the spell. Cast the, it's like no, I'm good. Let me play. Right, like it's like let me play. And I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm very stubborn. I'm a very stubborn person. So, if I'm playing a game and I die at a spot like a couple of times, and somebody in my chat's like, "Well, if you do this, you know, why don't you do this instead?" I'm like, you know what? Now I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna do it the way I'm doing it, and I'm gonna do it. <laughs> right. Like it's just like I don't know. I'm just I, I don't. I watch a lot of live streams. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. But I don't know. Maybe it's just my personality. I don't feel like typing into the person and telling them you know i like to see them do play the game and enjoy it especially when it's their first time playing it like i like to see that but so many people out there just like you got to do it this way or else you can't play at all i hope you guys enjoyed this interview with corn check unfortunately due to uh losing the data this is the best i'm going to be able to give you guys um i'm going to leave this off with mark talking about where you can find him where you can check them out. And, you know, let's give them a little bit of love. Okay, so t I am on Twitch uh, four, four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I am usually on from about 2 in the afternoon to about 8 at night. Fridays, I start about 7.30, and I go until basically my party stops because I do a party stream on Friday nights with friends, multiplayer games. Alcohol is usually involved, um, and we have a good – you know, Right, exactly. So we have a good time. So that's on, on there. My Twitch stream is twitch.tv slash corncheck, C-O-R-N-S-H-A-Q. On YouTube, uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash user slash corncheckgaming. And you can get me on my Patreon, patreon.com slash corncheck, at corncheck on Twitter, uh, or facebook.com slash corncheck to look at my Facebook.